Hello, welcome to the Seismic Podcast Show. This show discusses on everything regarding to physics and photography insights, knowledge and reviews. Each week, we deliver the best topics that covers the fundamentals and updates surround the world of physical science and imaging. And from time to time, we would also try to insert any topics that we find interesting for the benefit of you listeners. This will be your one-stop podcast listening center hosted by myself, Zubair, and with other several different co-hosts each and every week. Make sure to subscribe to our channel on iTunes and Spotify to get the latest updates on new shows each week. This is Seismic. On this episode, we will discuss the fundamentals behind the idea of visual stimulation, which is colors. Now, colors plays an important in our daily lives, from our commute to the conceptualizing in time. Now, we will discuss the core on how, by mastering these informations, Carries have been playing the psychological effects on empowering narrative in films and arts. Among the visual arts department, color theory is a body of practical guidance into color mixing and the visual effects of a specific color combination in which there are different definitions of colors based on the color wheel that consists of primary colors, secondary, and also tertiary. Now, these foundations of the pre-20th century color theory were built around pure or ideal colors. These are characterized by different sensory experiences rather than attributes of the physical world, which has led to a number of inaccuracy in traditional color theory principles. Most color effects are due to contrast on three relative attributes which define all colors. Now, the first one is value, which is light versus dark or white versus black. In other terms, basically the exposure of the image itself. Now, the second one is chroma. This defines the colors, which are the saturations, the vibrance, strength, and intensity of the image. And the third are the hues, which are the name of the color family. For example, red, yellow, green, cyan, blue, and magenta. Now, if you look closely into any motion picture films, we can see that these attributes of different color themes are being used inside the cuts to demonstrate emotions and energy of multiple visual compartments that serve the narrative. Now, different colors inside the color will emphasize that these different psychological effects that we are bounded into believing from the production of the film itself. Now, for example, from the color red, it is mostly associated with anger, or passion, or rage, or desire, and excitement. And on yellow, we can see wisdom, knowledge, and mostly joy and happiness. It's a different with oranges, which is uh, most related to humor, energy, balance, and warmth. Now, green is a bit different. It can be healing and soothing, like tenacity, self-awareness, proud, and unchanging nature of environment but it can also be associated into jealousy inexperience or envy blue is mostly associated with faith spirituality and contentment and purple or violet mostly displays an erotic or nobility within the narrative itself brown is mostly a sensation or earthy if you i might say in terms of a home and outdoors with, with black there's no 
power or sexuality. It is mostly included into formality of elegance and wealth, while white is in, if you want to term into yes, protection or purity inside the color tables itself. Now, when we talk about colors, defining colors by itself isn't why films exist. Inside the visual arts department, for example, there is color mixing. So for the mixing of colored light, we can go back into um, Isaac Newton's color wheel, which is often used to describe these complementary colors. Now these are colors which cancel each other hues to produce an achromatic light mixture. Now Newton offered as a conjecture that colors exactly the opposite one on another on the hue circle cancel out each other's hues. A key assumption in Newton's hue circles was that the theory or the maximum saturated hues are located on the outer circumference of the circle, while the achromatic white is at the center. Then the saturation of the mixture of these two spectral hues was predicted by the straight line between them. The mixture of three colors was predicted by the center of gravity or the centroid of the three triangle points on inside the Newton's color wheel. According to traditional color theory, based on subtractive primary colors and the RIOIB, according to traditional color theory based on subtractive primary colors and the RYB color model, where yellow mixed with purple, orange mixed with blue, or red mixed with green produces an equivalent gray and are the painter's complementary colors. These contrasts form the basis of Chevreau's law of color contrast. Now colors that appears together will be altered as if mixed with complementary color of the other color. A piece of yellow fabric, for example, placed on the on a blue background will appear a bit tinted orange because orange is the complementary color to blue. However, when complementary colors are chosen based on definition by light mixture, they are not the same as artist's primary colors. Now this discrepancy becomes important when color, th color theory is applied across media because in digital color management uses a hue circle defined according to additive primary colors or the RGB color model. As the colors in a computer monitor are additive mixtures of light and not subtractive mixtures of paint. One reason the artist's primary colors work at all is due to the imperfect pigments being used have slope absorption of curves and change color with concentration. A pigment which is pure red at high concentration can be have more like magenta at low concentration. This allows it to make purples that would otherwise be impossible. Likewise, a blue that is ultramarine at high concentration appears cyan at low concentration, now allowing it to be used to mix with green. Chromium red pigments can appear orange and then yellow as the concentration is reduced. It is even possible to mix very low concentration of the blue mansion and the chromium red to get a bit more greenish color. 
and these all primaries depend on slope absorption curves and pigment leakage to work, while newer scientifically derived ones depend solely on controlling the amount of absorption in certain parts of the spectrum. Another reason the correct primary colors were not used by early artists is that they were not available as durable pigments. It has been suggested that these colors seen together, it has been suggested, however, that colors seen together to produce a pleasing effective response are said to be in harmony. However, color harmony is a bit complex in notion because human responses to colors are both effective. However, color harmony is a complex notion because human responses to color are both effective and cognitive, involving emotional response and judgment. Hence, our responses to colors and the notion of color harmony is open to the influence of range of different factors. Now, these factors also include individual differences, such as age, gender, personal preferences, as well as cultural, subcultural, and socially based differences, which give rise to conditioning and learned responses about color. To add, context has always been an influence on responses about color and the notion of color harmony. And this concept is also influenced by the different temporal factors, which is um, changing of trends and perceptual factors such as simultaneous contrast, which may impinge on the human responses to colors. And then we move on to warm and cool colors. Now, the distinction between warm and cool colors has been important since at least the late 18th century. Now, the difference seems related to the observed contrast in landscape light between the warm colors associated with daylight or sunset and the cool colors associated with a gray or overcast day. Warm colors are often said to be hues from red through yellow and cool colors are often said to be hues from blue-green through blue-violet. Color theory has described these perceptual and psychological effects to this contrast. Now, warm colors are said to advance or appear more active in painting, while cool colors tend to recede, using mostly interior design or fashion. And these warm colors are said to arouse or stimulate the viewer, while cool colors are more towards calm and relaxed. Most of these effects, to the extent they are real, can be attributed to the higher saturation and a lighter value of warm pigments in contrast to cool pigments. So the traditional warm or cool color association of color is reverse relative to the color temperature of a theoretical radiating black body and how the hottest stars radiate blue or cool light and the coolest radiate red or warm light. Now this contrast is further seen in like mostly psychological association of colors with the Doppler effect seen in astronomical objects where warm colors are associated with advancing objects and cool colors are with receding objects are directly opposite 
those seen in astrophysics, where stars or galaxies move in towards our viewpoint on Earth, are blue shifted, which means advancing, and stars or galaxies moving away from Earth are red shifted. Another section that I want to cover is achromatic colors. This means like for any colors that lack strong chromatic content, is said to be unsaturated or achromatic or near neutral or even neutral itself. Now, near neutrals include browns, tans, pastels, and even darker colors. And near neutrals can be off any hue or lightness. Now, pure achromatic or neutral colors include black, white, and all grays. Near neutrals are also obtained by mixing pure colors with white, black, or gray, or by mixing two complementary colors. In color theory, neutral colors are easily modified by adjacent, more saturated colors, and they appear to take on the hue complementary to the saturated color. For example, next to a bright red couch, a gray wall will appear distinctly a gray wall will appear distinctly greenish now black and white have long been known to combine well with almost any other colors where back by black decreases the apparent saturation or brightness of colors paid with it and white shows off all hues to equal effect when we're talking about split primary colors in visual arts a two-dimensional color wheel or a three-dimensional color solids are used as tools to teach the essential relationships between these colors. The organization of colors in a particular color model depends on the purpose of that model. Now, some models shows relationship based on human color perception, whereas other are based on the color mixing properties of a particular medium such as computer displays or for prints. Normal display augments an RGB palette with different profiles such as the white color gamut or Adobe RGB that has been the standard for modern monitors while printers are commonly augment a CMYK palette that is associated with spot ink colors. Now that we covered basics of color theory itself, however, inside the digital video colors, things seems a bit different compared to traditional visual representation of colors in paintings. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Now in digital video colors, the process of properly coloring your footage is made up of three main interconnected tasks. Like any other recipe or formula, it is a general rule to do each of these tasks in their proper order step.
The first one is to establish a picture profile. And then to color correct the footage itself. And finally, to color grade the footage. These steps come with their own sets of micro tasks and with their own specific orders. But before we go on into the specifics, let's quickly break down the two little title processes of color grading and color correction to keep everyone on the same page, okay? So in color correction is a technical process that fixes the colors issues and makes footage appear as naturalistic as possible or based on our perception through the eye. The idea is for colors to look clean, real, as human eyes would see them in the real world. Now, color grading is also technical, but it's more of a creative concern. The color grading process adds atmosphere, emotion to shots by coloring footage in new, often unnatural ways. Now, the result of a finished video or film that comes from a combination of both color grading and color correction is all about the way they generate a desired look. It is the difference between adding two eggs and cracking two eggs into a ball, whisk them for 30 seconds, and then chill them in the fridge for an hour. First, we need to go over some basic color terms that will be used no matter which color grading software or camera that you may use in the future. The first thing is color hue. Now, we already discussed what is color hue um, by its definition in traditional terms. However, in the digital video color grading tools itself, hue refers to the color itself. In simplest term, it is the difference between red and blue. Your hue can be altered by saturation and also brightness. Together, hue, saturation, and brightness are known as HSB. Now, this combination makes up the basic color concerns of any video image. Hues don't always have to be vivid primary colors. A skin tone, for instance, might be a brown hue that has very little saturation and a lot of brightness, giving us a fair skin tone. That same hue can be saturated and darkened to give us a different skin tone, all while still corresponding with the brown hue. Some skin tones will have different jumping off hues, so use a spot sampler to identify. Color schemes need to be of the your concern because master filmmakers treat colors as a creative component, every bit as important as the script, the talent, and also the camera shots. So what is a color saturation? Now, in saturation refers to the intensity of the color. Now, this is determined by the amount of gray in the hue from pure gray to a vivid color. Saturation is where you really get to make your colors pop or at the other end of the spectrum become muddy or unattractive. 
believe it or not, this is all due to the amount of gray information inside the colors. Now, if you add pure white or pure black to your color, you'll get a darker or a lighter brightness value, which is the next thing we're going to talk about, which is color brightness. Now, brightness refers to the level of the light in your colors. Now, this determines the difference between, say, a burgundy and a candy apple. Now, a hue for each is still red, and the saturation is at the max for each. But the amount of white and black in the color value is different. A color with intense saturation that has a high brightness value might make the viewer feel energetic and happy, whereas the same hue with a high saturation and low brightness value may evoke dread. For example, is blood creepier when it is bright or when it is dark? Now, those are fun questions that can come up with during pre-production and can be emphasized and seized upon during the coloring process in post. Now that we cover sort of the basics of colors inside the digital world, now let's see how we can use this information to our advantages when putting together the final image on your next project. So let's start off with the first things first, which is white balance. I cannot emphasize this enough. White balance matters the most when shooting the video because many consumers doesn't know the value of white balance until they come into the editing stage. When you're not shooting raw, you're shooting with less information. So having the correct white balance inside your camera when shooting is the difference between night and day. So white balance is the same thing in your camera as it will be in coloring programs. Now it describes the color temperature of your image. Now if you properly white balance your camera for the scene, you should have images that keep your colors around their intended values. Now even if you do this in camera, you'll likely need to make a few necessary tweaks in post to get you home. Your white balance should be one of the first things you do because it will affect every single decision you make there or not. Now your white balance should be one of the first things you do because it will affect every single decision you make from there on out. And then we move on to scopes. Now I love scopes very much because you will want to use scopes such as waveform, parade, histogram, or vectroscope to give you some sort of extra color information that you didn't see initially. Now, scopes are a monitoring tool that show the color and light information on a graph so that you can see the precise balance of these characteristics and how they compare to one another. Because we are bounded by many different screens, now the screens behind your camera monitor or even your editing bay 
might be differently calibrated when compared to each other. So in order to properly balance between these two, you might want to calibrate your monitor every once in a while, but also because not all monitors are built the same way or even um, exit to the same quality control standard with different companies. So Scopes gives this extra color information a value that we can rely on. And then we move on to curves. Now curves are helpful for precise color correction and also color grading. And you will want to pair this with your scopes. With curves, you can add points to drag colors to a new values and change your shadows, mid-tones and highlights with much more precision. When you make a curves adjustment, you control the entire color channel shift with any movement of the drag of the points. Now be careful because like you can adjust curves independent according to different color channels but initially you will want to adjust the curves itself by the evaluated values or the mean values of the image presented and that's a good thing because it means that the change itself isn't isolated but also interconnected now this generates uh, gradual changes rather than a big extreme changes. Now you can always zoom in and add another drag point to make a little small adjustment, but depending on the dynamic range of your camera, you won't get any much more information out of this. Um, and then we move on to color match. Now color match allows you to choose a reference image that will then be analyzed and applied to your target image. Now this is an automatic calculation, so it is very important to check your scopes beforehand and use your judgment as to the quality of the color match. Now some people I know even like to use popular film clips as their reference image. This is really good when you're starting out as if you want to learn on how to color grade image to match the extent or exits the look that you are going for. And this is fine if for your color grade, but don't do this to color correct. So if you do, it will completely throw off the value of your colors and ultimately make your life a lot harder than it needs to be. The best way to use color match is after you color corrected your footage and now need to apply those same corrections to a target clip. And often you could just copy and paste the effects from your previous clip to an adjustment layer or through the use of bins in some software. But if your footage has some lighting and exposure discrepancies, it may not work well. Now this is an addition which is the three-way corrector. Um, the the three-way color corrector are a useful tool for many colorists in professional entertainment but they have their pros and cons. So the three-way color corrector lets you balance the shadows, midtones, and highlights of an image using color wheels, or where you can set numerical values or use the control drag point to set your value based on hue. However, 
it is, although it is precise, but to actually get a gross of accurate representation of the film and also balance out the all of your footage throughout your project timeline, it is quite hard to work on a single clip. So what I advise is to color correct every single one of them to match exactly onto your exposure levels and then bin them together into one compounding clip and also put this color corrector as an adjustment layer afterwards. And then we move on to color qualifiers. Now color qualifiers give you the chance to actually change a particular color or range of colors without changing the rest of the picture. Now you can use color qualifiers to identify colors that you want to fix in place so that they won't change when you adjust other colors and elements in the pictures. And then we move on to color mask. So if you are familiarized with Da Vinci program, now color masks are called power windows. Now these work a lot like normal masking when you're editing in Photoshop, but you can designate different shape to isolate its colors. This is really good because like in most cases, you can get a uh, different color hues from the sky and also on the talent. So by using this color mask, you can differentiate between this different, different hues to actually complement each other instead of like being bashing into one another and creating a, a much undesirable look and a migraine for your calories in post. Now that we covered all of the basic necessities of information regarding color theory, you can start off your next project by taking into account the final representation of your idea using colors. Now mastering colors itself is a precise art that can be learned and applied into many visual projects in our lives. And it only gets better as a skill. Now, once you've practiced the basics, of course. Now, in order to understand how digital representation of colors is different, you need to master your gears first. Now, different senses and different display interpret colors differently. And that's why color accurate or reference monitor costs well into the couple thousands. If you're not shooting raw, you need to understand how the camera itself interprets the different pigments or the different pixels and photons it gathers on the sensors by referencing it using the different measurement tools that we've discussed back that can be found on many professional editing software nowadays. Now with that in mind, I hope you enjoy listening and learning on the basics of color theories and color grading and color correction. This is all for me. Till the next episode. Make sure to visit our website where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify or via SoundCloud. If you found value in this show, we would appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you would simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. That is all from us. Bye.